Broadcasting from within the borders of the greatest success story the world has ever known, the United States of America. It's time for an honest discussion from a fresh, new conservative voice. The C.L. Bryant Show. Welcome back. Welcome back, everybody, throughout the Fruited Plains of the greatest nation on the face of the planet, the greatest success story the world has ever known, and that is America. We've been successful throughout our tenure as a nation because of a Judeo-Christian ethic, if you're asking me. Yeah, and you may say, well, who asking? People ask me all the time. Uh, As I travel around this country, people ask me all the time, what has made us great? There is no question in my mind above all else. It has been our worldview, our Christian Judeo-Christian worldview that has been the difference maker in our nation being the type of exceptional nation that it is as opposed to all others who have allowed the tenets of socialist agendas to enter into commingle and eventually destroy wipe out the the the, the worldview the christian worldview that many countries have had prior to socialist agendas taking over the landscape of their country and as you sit and watch here in America, if we are not careful, that same socialist agenda will slip in and stymie our nation as it has other nations as well. If we're not careful, and I mean we are right now on that slippery slope. Oh, you you may not you may not be experiencing the slide because, hey, uh, you go to your your church and you sit behind your four walls on uh, Sunday and maybe Wednesday night. And you think somehow you're doing God a favor by showing up and being there. Right. So you don't feel it because you feel as though uh, you have done your part. And what's going on down the street at your elementary school or in your uh, school board meeting, your city council meeting, it doesn't really uh, matter whether or not you have anything to say there. <clears throat> as long as you are saying something uh, in your own way to the Lord in church behind the four walls. You know, in, in my estimation, in my discipline, Your faith begins once you leave the church on Sunday or Wednesday or wherever you go. And I've always said this. um, I had a a a friend of mine 
uh, we both love to cut up and uh, since we were in elementary school, we love to cut up and clown and, and carry on nothing crazy or anything like that, but we just love to have fun. And one time, um, I think it was his aunt that said to us, now y'all need to act like Christians. Y'all just not acting like Christians. And friends, I, I, I thought about that and I, uh, we took it to heart when we were younger and we set about trying to, when we were around her or, you know, my mother, his mother, you know, people that knew us, you know, as church boys. Yeah, I grew up in the church. I sure did. Uh, Galilee Baptist Church, Shreveport, Louisiana. I grew up in it. And Dr. Yeah, Pastor, uh, Reverend Dr. Edward Jones, God rest his soul, um, Galilee Baptist Church, Shreveport. Now I'm still a church boy. Word of God ministry, Shreveport. I've lived uh, all over the country, traveled the world, but I'm back home in Shreveport, and I'm still a church boy. Word of God Ministries, Pastor James A. McManus, my pastor. But I'm not acting like a Christian anymore. Oh, no, I'm not acting like one anymore. I am one. Oh, are you hearing me? I am a Christian. That's what I am. The same as I am L.C. Bryant's son. I don't have to act like I'm his son. I need to represent him well in my actions, but I don't have to act like his son. That's who I am. Whether I'm asleep, awake, laughing, crying, uh, up and down, whatever I'm doing, I'm his son. I need to be conscious of how I represent myself as his son, the same as I need to be conscious of how I represent myself as a child of God, as a Christian, there are certain things, there are are certain places I'm not going, certain things I'm not doing, certain things you should not allow to come out of your mouth as a Christian. In other words, you got to be one. And you know, that has to translate into your patriotism as an American. You, you, You don't need to act like one, you just need to be one. And read your constitution. If you're a Christian, read your Bible. And it'll tell you how to be one so that you don't have to act like anything. You just be. Even on your bad days, you're still one. Good days, you're one. Mediocre, you're one. It's like the hair on your head. It's still your hair, whether it's frizzy, nappy, whatever it is. On any given day, it's your hair. You need to groom it, though. (laughs) Oh, I said something. I certainly hope you're hearing me. I hope you heard me. You have to groom that hair on your head to have a good hair day, according to whomever, you know. Well, you need to groom your Christianity daily. Groom it and be one. Be one. So when we turn to uh, uh, how we uh, have this worldview or should have this worldview, Here in this country, what has made our nation the greatest nation, as you hear me say every day on this show, as you hear me talk about America being the greatest nation on the face of the planet, the greatest success story the world has ever known. When you hear me say that, I'm saying that because I have been able to witness America and its um, evolution. I'll use that word evolution. From the time that I was young, back in the the, the mid '60s, uh, all the way up, you know, became aware of politics, all the way up to this present time, 
I have witnessed an evolution in America. And what has caused that evolution, my friends, is the <clears throat> pardon me, is the um, worldview that America has had in its DNA and has carried with it uh, in its DNA. That, that's what has made us great. And that worldview is that we have this endowment by our creator. Jefferson, uh, the founders, felt it was necessary for us to be reminded when we read our founding documents that they just, just didn't uh, have this notion to create a nation, uh, another nation on the face of the earth. No, this nation that they had in mind, that they envisioned, even with its weaknesses and fallacies and, 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 uh, adolescent and infantile, uh, type of behaviors that were going on when we became a nation, they had vision. And I do believe God gave them vision to see what it would eventually come it would become this nation eventually became what the founders saw it as being the same way pardon me the same way as you are in a state of becoming Every day, whether you're a Christian, uh, politician, uh, preacher, wh whatever you are, businessman, you're not the businessman that you started out to be when you opened the business. You had a vision for where you wanted to go. Yeah. As a Christian, uh, hey, I know this is true of me. And even though I was in church all my life, I really didn't become a Christian until I was about 25, 26 years old. And I still I was preaching. I had been called to preach, but I really did not know what it was to pursue and be a disciple of Christ. I didn't even start realizing that until after I was actually in the pulpit pastoring a church. And all of you pastors out there, you know that if you don't become a Christ follower, a disciple of Christ as a pastor, uh, you, you will become one when you start dealing with people. And then now the Lord has expanded my pulpit in ways that I never could have imagined uh, him doing. But that's what he has done for me. But I was not what I am today when I began my ministry over 40 years ago. No. Oh, my goodness. No. And, and, and so and I certainly hope that I'm not what I will be tomorrow as a businessman, as a Christian as a, a follower of Christ, as an American, even as a radio host. I, I, I hope that God is, allows me to be even better than, than I am now. A husband, father, even though my children are grown, grandfather, I, I hope that he allows me to be better. We're all in a state of becoming. And that's what the founders saw when they created this nation. It was going to be in a state of becoming what it is. Now, when we look at the word team, and that has been the theme 
of our show going forward uh, from the very beginning with Stromile Swift to John Milkovich to this moment where we're talking about team and a nation surviving together. We're talking about wanting to see us succeed as a team, as a people, as a nation of Americans. But 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 I, I, I declare to you, folks, when you yield to an agenda that's Marxist, when you yield to an agenda that is socialist, those things alone, by necessity, must strangle out so-called higher authority. In fact, there can be no higher authority in a socialist regime, a Marxist regime, than the people who want to be the manipulators and be the masters, the elites over everyone else. And that has to ace out, that has to X out any type of God consciousness that you may have. The two cannot cohabitate because the higher authority, uh, any authority, uh, higher, lower, what have you, must yield to the power of Almighty God. They must all hail the power of Jesus Christ in my discipline. And that really is the discipline that this country was founded upon. You can deny it. You can uh, agree with it or what have you. But, but now when you see a presidential candidate like Bernie Sanders, who gets on national television in, in, a, in a forum and he absolutely says to us that we don't need and we don't want a president who is a xenophobe. In other words, we're afraid of people from other countries. We don't need a president who is a homophobe, meaning he's afraid of gay folks. We don't need a president who is a racist. Uh, when you have a presidential candidate like Bernie Sanders who gets on national television and, and openly says that type thing about the current president of the United States. Folks, you are seeing a, an effort, consciously, unconsciously, whatever you want to say about it, to destroy the team. To cause disharmony on the team. Now, you heard Stromile Swift say that when he played for Coach Ubi Blake, uh, uh, Coach Ubi, he, he was... Uh, a consummate team player and he could identify he could identify Yubi Brown cancerous players Yubi Blake was a great musician but but Yubi Brown was a great coach he could identify uh, athletes who were coming on the team and it was all about them now, I understand the nature of politics. Believe me, I understand the nature of politics around politicians, both local and national politicians, all the time. I know how they work. I know how the mind works. And, yeah, it's all about reelection. Okay? And the best ones among that group want to be reelected because they're doing a good job for the people. The worst ones among that group want to be elected because somehow they have found a honeypot for themselves. 
You keep that in mind as you go to the polls here in 2020. But in Isaiah, the first chapter around the 18th verse of Isaiah, there is a, a portion of scripture that, 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 that speaks to America right now in our present chaos and chaotic uh, circumstance. It says, come, let us reason together. Americans, if there is one thing that is lacking in our approach to who we are as Americans is the fact that we no longer are in the mode to reason together. Oh, no, it's 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 become all about the political agenda. And who is to say that a political agenda in and of itself is right anyway? It, a political agenda is is right and it is rifled with ulterior motives for those behind the scenes who have power and money, money and power. They go hand in hand and either one of them can corrupt. Absolutely. If they have absolute authority over the puppets that money and power can manipulate and they will cause a situation that we are seeing right now in this nation, they will cause a situation where people are no longer reasonable. Why? Because they are trying to please the puppet masters who don't care a whit about the average Joe. The puppet master cares about his or her agenda and they have paid good money to bought politicians to carry out that agenda. The puppet masters see something that they want from the American landscape. And what do they do? They hire politicians to steal it many times from the American people. But either way you look at it, Americans it's theft. They stole your vote. Yeah. Votes can be stolen by hiring the wrong politician. And that's why you need to pay close attention to who it is you go to the polls and vote for. I don't care how they may appear to be as conservative as Barry Goldwater or as Christian as Franklin Graham. I don't care what they say when they, when, when they need to bring it in the, uh, track record. Yeah. They need to bring it in the track record, not just on the campaign trail. And then you need to hold them accountable once they get to office for the votes they take that they promised to take that they don't take. We're going to be back with more of the CL Bryant show after these words. Don't go anywhere.
Red State Talk Radio is now available as a voice command on your Amazon Echo and Echo Dot by simply saying, Alexa, play Red State Talk Radio. Red State Talk Radio on TuneIn. Turn to every single American. Now, we've been hearing all these stories about sanctuary cities, sanctuary cities that... You can now find us on the Amazon Echo and Echo Dot, on TuneIn, on iHeartRadio, and we also have the phone apps in the App Store for your particular phone. And just in case we activated your Echo Dot, Alexa, stop. CL back on this great day in the USA. Thank you for coming along with me as we build this bridge to conversation. Part of our conversation today uh, is this, is this. Are Americans still reasonable when it comes to dealing with one another? Yeah. Come, let us reason together right now. Let's build this bridge uh, to conversation right now, my friends. And a question that I have for all of you. What are the reasonable expectations of one human being to another human being? What, what, what expectations should we legitimately have? Can we legitimately have as human beings one to another? Scripture points out uh, that it's, it's simple. As far as the rightful treatment, the, the right thinking treatment of one human being to another. What is that? It, it, I'll, I'll paraphrase it. Do them like you want to be done. Do, do unto others as you want them to do to you. Now, it, it's simple. It's simple. That's reasonable. In fact, there's nothing more reasonable than that. I won't treat you like I want you to treat me. Huh? Are you hearing me? That is the reasonable expectation of one human being to another. If we are to reason together, then the reasonable expectation is that you're going to treat me like I treat you from this point forward. Because there's nothing you can do about the way you treated me in the past. Okay? Can we all grasp that? Can we all agree on that? There's nothing that I that I can do about the uh, the mistreatment. If I may have mistreated you, and hey, all of you who feel as though C.L. Bryant may have mistreated you in the past, let me say this right now: I uh, am asking your forgiveness. But understand one thing: there's nothing I can do about it now, except for you. It's on you. To forgive me and to all of you who I felt and have felt that have done me wrong in the past. Let me say this. I forgive you. Now, at that point comes in reason. Now we can reason together Uh, from that point on. From this point on, we can say to one another, hey, look. Uh We're going to I'm going to treat you. From this point on, forget what's in the past now. Huh? Forgetting those things that are behind me. Let's press on now toward the mark of a higher calling for both of us. Let us then treat each other the way we want to be treated by each other. The reason I brought up Bernie Sanders 
and him calling the president a xenophobe, a homophobe, uh, a racist. Bernie, believe it or not, that doesn't help anything. No, it doesn't help anything. In fact, uh, that's not even reasonable to, to consider the fact that that's anywhere remotely true. First of all, you know it's a lie. I'm telling you. I've met the president on several occasions. Talked to him several occasions. And it is a lie that he is xenophobic. It is a lie that he's homophobic. A lie that the president is a racist. So when you have a person coming out saying these type things so he can garner applause from an audience because he says these things about a sitting American president and he himself being an American wanting to be president, what he is doing is setting it up so that we can continue on a plane of dealing with one another from a standpoint of bitterness. Now I want to treat, I want to treat even an opponent of mine in a way I want to be treated. I want to point out where I disagree with him on the policies on what we disagree on. And I want him to point out to me where he disagrees with me. And I want our uh, ability to show that to be made very plain. But as far as calling folks names and, and all that type thing, because the truth of the matter is folks, even if they knew you, when you may have been that name, they may not know you now. And so they knew you, they don't know you. That's usually the case in any situation. Bernie Sanders uh, may be talking about somebody that he may have known uh, in New York years and years ago. But how fair is that when we talk about the evolution of a human being and personalities? That's not fair. It's the same way when you see people judging our nation today by the standards that Thomas Jefferson and those uh, were living by 243 years ago. That's just how ludicrous and asinine that is when you do that. So when we come together, friends, and re-reason together, it simply treat them like you want to be treated. It is true. We have all failed as human beings quite often. And if the truth be known, and if you're honest with yourself, you are going to fail as a human being, somebody in some way, again. Yes, you will. You will fail again. But that is still doesn't dismiss the healing in the principle Let's reason together. And the principle found in Luke 6 and 31, where Jesus says, do unto others as you would have them do unto you. We could have some really good political debate if we could, I mean, good, but we could actually get somewhere. You could actually hear points of view on policy 
governing and that could govern our nation at the border, in our fiscal responsibilities, in every way that you can imagine. If we could have debate where we sat down understanding that I'm going to listen to you if you li- when you listen to, while you're listening to me. And therein lies conversation. Now, what we get tied up in too much, though, is the culture. Now, uh, yesterday, you hear me talk about my pastor uh, all the time, Pastor uh, McMinnis, James A. McMinnis, uh, all the time, Word of God Ministries. Yesterday, uh, pastor was dropping some things on us about uh, about culture. But he was quoting uh, uh, an Indian um, missionary and, and, and friend of our, our church and um, someone who we um, want to help, Pastor Chandra. He was talking about culture. And he said that Pastor Chandra had um, mentioned to him in a conversation at, at dinner, at lunch, that culture is always secondary in a society because it shifts and changes. In, in other words, uh, our grandparents, let's just, just say if our grandparents were to return here now, and you've heard me say this before, and see the way our children are allowed to behave, dress. And if they were to see the things on our ballots that we vote, that, that we vote for or things that we should vote down but don't, if the old folks were to come back, and actually get a, a a look at where our where the culture is today as opposed to what it was when they were voting and when they were going to church when they were raising children friends you've heard me say it they would surely think that we had lost our way and, and the way our children uh, act, the old folks would think we lost our minds allowing those, those kids to, to, to carry on like that. Dress like that? Leave the house like that? You, you're letting your daughter leave the house like that? Oh, they think we lost our mind. There's no question about it. The, the, the culture is always secondary. It shifts and it changes because the culture would not be recognized by those who paid the price for us to even continue existing to have a culture at this point in time in America. And, and you better believe this. It can America as a nation could go away. Culture cannot possibly satisfy. Uh-uh. It can, it can never satisfy you and you can never be satisfied by the culture. Because uh, it demands that you change even core value beliefs in order to be in vogue with the culture.
Are you hearing me? Right now on the political scene, the culture in politics is to be what is known as politically correct. That's the culture. And if you say anything against a protected part of that culture, you then are ostracized by the existing culture, which may actually change overnight. Yeah. And, and the truth is, the truth is, folks, that if, in fact, conservatives have their way, the culture will, in fact, shift. It'll, it'll shift. It'll shift. It'll shift. The culture can never satisfy and those who are politically correct now, if, conser- if conservatives have their way, if Christians have their way, the culture will begin to shift again. But there still won't be people happy about the culture because culture cannot satisfy. It, it just can't. And if you become a slave to that, then you become what is known as a conformist. Oh, and the scripture talks about that too in in the book of Romans 12th chapter. In fact, there's a warning that Paul gives. He says, don't be conformed to the rudiments and and, and the things of this, of the way your, your world is wherever you are. Don't, don't be so concerned about being conformed to that. But he tells you, and Americans, this is good medicine for America right now. It's good medicine for the world right now. It tells us uh, in, in, in Romans, it tells us to be transformed by the renewing of our minds toward the way culture is wanting to bend you, twist you and shape you. You have to be transformed above that. Because if you're not, the culture will have you swirling around like a piece of trash in the wind, blowing any way the wind chooses or the culture chooses to blow you around. So if you are strictly concerned about conforming to the culture, then you are going to find yourself twisted and bent in ways that you don't want to be twisted and bent in order to satisfy those who don't care if they are twisted and bent because they want you to come along with them. Misery loves company and the culture will cause misery to those who are slaves to fashion, slaves to political correctness, Slaves to current trends, even in churches. Oh, yeah, there's a district. Hey, listen, hey, listen, you do whatever you want to do. You are free to do whatever you want to do. But there's a trend even in the American church today among Christian in Christian gatherings. Bible and a brew. Are you hearing me? Bible and brews. Bible and a brew. 
Oh, yeah. There are Bible study pods popping up all over the country. It may even be one in your little church. Who knows? People invite folks over to uh, their home to study the scripture, and they have wine and beer and the scripture there to study. I don't condone that, although, you know, you can drink if you want to, you know, do it if you want to. I don't condone that, but it's something that's popular. I've seen churches that have clowns come into the sanctuary where they don't have children's worship. And the clown entertains a little while before the preacher gets up. It's becoming part of the culture, which tells me that entertainment is becoming the primary focus instead of the word of God in churches. So how else would you then expect the culture to be if in fact even the church is becoming a slave to the fashions and rudiments of men in this society? Huh? That is what's going on in this country right now, even on the political level. If you are not of a certain slant or a certain bent in this country, you're ostracized by what has been ta- by a culture that has taken over. It's particularly the Democrat Party. There's a culture of death when we talk about abortion. I had Senator John Milkovich on with me, and uh, that heartbeat bill uh, that is passed in Louisiana right now, and I thank God for it. There are still people who understand that we should not allow that culture of death to be uh, more prevalent than it has already become in this country. In fact, we should start making sure that we tamp it down, tame it again, kick it out from among us. Push back, you better believe it. And you better hear me well when I tell you this that there are those who are willing and ready right now to start a culture war by telling lies that anyone who is against abortion is against women's reproductive rights. What what does that mean? Oh, no, 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 don't get me wrong. I'm not stupid. I understand the words. But what do those words mean? Are those words truthful? I'm here to tell you absolutely not. I have three daughters and five granddaughters. And I don't know how many grandsons. How much of them? (laughs) Must be six because I have 11 grandchildren. But let me tell you this. Any idiot, any idiot would have to know that the father of daughters and children, period, certainly is not against a woman's reproductive rights if you're a father or a grandfather. What you're against if you're against abortion is your daughter or granddaughter's killing your grandchildren or your great-grandchildren. I'll be back. You thought I was worth saving So you Change my life. You thought I was worth keeping. So you cleaned me up inside. You thought I was to die for. So you sacrificed. 
Red State Talk Radio is now available as a voice command on your Amazon Echo and Echo Dot by simply saying, Alexa, play Red State Talk Radio. Red State Talk Radio on TuneIn. Turn to every single American. Now, we've been hearing all these stories about sanctuary cities, sanctuary cities that... You can now find us on the Amazon Echo and Echo Dot, on TuneIn, on iHeartRadio, and we also have the phone apps in the App Store for your particular phone. And just in case we activated your Echo Dot, Alexa, stop. Stand up for America. Then Americans, stand up, stand up, stand up. God bless you. God bless America. CL back on this great day in the USA, and it will remain great as long as there are people like you throughout the country who will come and reason together with one another. Building the bridge to conversation throughout our great nation on various platforms, flagship uh, platform, Red State Talk, also Urban Family Talk, and Loving Liberty. Those are the platforms where you can get the C.L. Bryant Show every day right here uh, live. And I certainly do appreciate all of you for coming along with us as we build the bridge. When I left you, I was talking about uh, women's reproductive rights. I'm all for them. Three daughters, five granddaughters, I'm all for women's reproductive rights. What I'm against is uh, the uh, wholesale murder of my grandchildren and eventually great-grandchildren. That's what I'm against. I don't feel that any of my daughters have a right to do that. I don't feel that my wife has a right to do that. And to take it into uh, a step further, I don't believe any woman has a right to kill the life that has been placed within her. And I'm not going to get into it today, uh, but... Uh, I do want to talk to you about those cases of rape and incest. Because then, the, of course, the conversation becomes emotional. But then we have to, of course, examine, look at a much larger picture than just the act that caused the life. We have to look at the life that was caused And the question always has to come clear to all of us. What will this person do once they're born? Once they're uh, raised by their parent or uh, whether that's a parent uh, who is natural, uh, biological or adopted parent. And just a word about uh, parents who adopt and to, to children who have been adopted Let me say this to you. That is the the highest level of relationship, even according to scripture, that you can possibly examine. Because in the adoption process, you have someone who has chosen someone else. And you have someone who has uh, uh, been drafted 
into a family. To be given all of the rights and privileges of a biological child. The most beautiful example of that is the story of why Jesus Christ came here for us so that we could become sons of God ourselves through him, the adoption through him of receiving us as our elder brother. He brings us home to his father who through him on his say so through his blood in my discipline, we are made sons of God through him and all of the rights and privileges of being an heir become ours through him. And oh, friends, let me tell you what a place, what to be when you become a son of the living God through Jesus Christ adopted into the family. Another thing about an adoptive parent, an adoptive child, is that actually uh, an adoptive child actually has rights above and beyond those of natural children. Because the adopted child can always say, hey, look, you chose me. And that's exactly what happens when you are chosen by God to be one of his through Christ Jesus. He then will in no wise turn you away. Because he chose you. Through your through your own willingness to become a part of the family. And so friends, reproductive rights is something that is a misnomer. When you hear progressive liberals saying that those of us who fight for, the life of the unborn. We are wanting to take away a woman's reproductive rights. That's a lie. And it is only chin music because it means nothing. You know, that must be a lie. There's no father out there. There's no parent out there. There's no mother out there. There's nobody who is reasonable who would believe that just because we want to see that child come to term and live its life to its fullest, there's no, no one who is reasonable who would want to say that we're against a woman's reproductive rights. Are you kidding me? Women, you can reproduce all you want, but there has to be a responsible a responsibility that comes to your actions of reproducing. This cannot turn into as it has a matter of convenience. Oh, I was talking to a lady in the, in the neighborhood, uh, uh, not long ago, neighborhood where I grew up. I was just visiting over there and 
And she was saying to me, there's an elderly woman in her, uh, uh, she was saying to me that she knew several, several young women within uh, the, the, the neighborhood radius who had had several abortions. Now, I want you to understand something. I am not condemning the person, but I am condemning the act. I do believe that we all make serious mistakes. And I believe abortion is a serious mistake that a woman chooses to to do uh, and, and, and usually uh, a, a man has well always a man has to be involved in it because they don't there's no woman's going to inseminate have herself inseminated and become pregnant and abort that child but 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 when you go through the motions of reproducing and the natural thing happens when you're going through those motions, you got somebody's got to step up to the plate and take responsibility for actions. Don't come down the line talking about those who are against you wanting to kill the product of your irresponsibility. Don't come here later saying that somehow we're against a woman's reproductive right. Because that's a lie. We're against irresponsible behavior. That results in murder, in my opinion. And if you're a part of my discipline, you know uh, that is sacred life itself. The spark itself is sacred to almighty God. Who the giver of life. And all that we need once we come into this earth. Yeah. So the culture is never, never going to satisfy our human proclivities. You're never going to be at home as long as all you chase is being a culture, uh, chasing the icons, the icons of culture. You can never be satisfied. Suicide rates are as high as they are because people are not able to keep up with satisfying themselves with culture. They become despondent when they don't have the followers, the friends that other folks have on social media. Why? Because social media is the driver of popular culture right now. It drives popular culture. And if you're not liked, if you're not followed the way some others are liked and followed, if that is all you're wrapped up in being is liked and followed by people you may never know, you're going to be a miserable individual. And if you are an adolescent 
who is totally sold out to that? <laughs> Unfortunately, you very well may take your life and it will cause you not to truly be a team player because somehow there you are riding the bench of social media. An onlooker. And for too many young people, they ask themselves the wrong question. And that question happens to turn out to be then what is my life worth living for if I can't be a social media superstar? Not knocking social media. It's what it is. It's what it is. As a personality myself, hey, there are tons of personalities like mine who don't have, who have many more followers, many, many more followers than I do. <clears throat> My strength and followers is through the million that follow FreedomWorks. But C.L. Bryant, hey, I don't, be, I don't build my reputation just off social media. We try to build a footprint, but it, it's not it, it's not that uh, important to the rest of my life. I certainly am not going to cash in. Broadcasting from within the borders of the greatest success story the world has ever known, the United States of America. It's time for an honest discussion from a fresh, new conservative voice. The C.L. Bryant Show. about making a difference we know exactly where you're coming from we are the loving liberty radio network 